On today's program, I'm talking about Israel's end-time heroes, the 144,000 Jews, and the two witnesses who I believe are Enoch and Elijah that will be here during the tribulation and the importance of what they're going to be accomplishing during that period of time. In the news, I'm talking about Senate Republican Lindsey Graham uh, bringing an alarm saying he's never been more concerned about war between Israel and Iran. He's very knowledgeable on the subject. Also, 73 Democratic lawmakers have sent a petition to President Biden asking him to end the Trump policies that allowed for the settlements, the Jewish settlements in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, chilling. Representative Ilan Omar has made another anti-Semitic comment, and I'll be talking more about that. Also be answering your questions. One of the questions is, will we know each other in heaven? When the rapture comes, will we know each other, and will you be able to find your family members quickly after the rapture, those who have been raptured with you, and do you have to believe in the rapture to go up in the rapture? I can't wait to answer those questions and more. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm talking in this series of programs, I've got just another couple of weeks coming up on this series, but I'm talking about end times events. I actually began at the rapture of the church, and I've been talking about all the different events the Bible says are going to happen, kind of a timeline of end times events. Well, one of the events that's going to happen is going to be Israel. As soon as the rapture takes place and takes the church from the earth, there are 144,002 Jews, believing Jews, those who believe in Jesus, who are going to be present on the earth and who have a massive influence on the earth during the tribulation, especially the first half of the tribulation. And I really mainly want to talk about the two witnesses, but let me read you a couple of scriptures here about the 144,000 Jews. Now, they will be present on the earth to preach the gospel. Now, remember, when the church is gone, when the rapture happens, the church is gone. And so at the beginning of the tribulation, the gospel is going to be preached primarily through the two witnesses and 144,000 Jews. This is Revelation 7. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. They were sealed. Now it goes on to talk about all the different tribes, 12,000 from every tribe were sealed with the seal of God in their foreheads. Now the church is gone. I want to remind you that the gospel started with Israel. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell during the Feast of Pentecost, on the upper room, 100% of the people present were Jews. The church started with Jews. The church didn't go to the Gentiles until Peter went to Cornelius' house, the Roman centurion, who the Holy Spirit fell in his house, and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and got saved. The Gentiles came to the church later. Now we see the church as mostly Gentile rather than Jewish. But on the day that the rapture happens, now all believing Jews now will go in the rapture. 
but there will be an earth devoid of the church and the gospel with the exception of the 144,000. Here's the way I want to say it. The, the gospel began in Israel. It will end in Israel. When the lights go out in the church, they come on in Israel. And uh, in the first four chapters of Revelation, where it's talking about the letters to the seven churches uh, and the rapture in chapter four there, uh, the church is constantly mentioned. I think it's something like 27 times the church is mentioned. The church is not mentioned again in the tribulation chapters of Revelation until Revelation 19 at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're not here during the tribulation. But the 144,000 are not only mentioned in Revelation 7, which is a tribulation chapter. Here's Revelation 14. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters and like the voice of a loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth these are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb. This is why we know they're Christians. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, who every nation, tribe, tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear God and give him give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and springs of water and so this is another picture of the 144,000 here and some people say they're they've been martyred and they're in heaven but we don't know exactly the location of where they are there but but to understand this and that is that the 144,000 preach the gospel to every nation tribe and tongue around the world. They, these are supernaturally uh, empowered and anointed evangelists that will go until the Antichrist kills them, but I believe they'll be supernaturally protected by God personally. But I believe that they will be supernaturally anointed to preach the gospel and millions and millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people will receive the gospel through the 144,000 uh, 144, 144, uh, witnesses of the Jewish people and this is the grace of God. This is the mercy of God during the tribulation. But understand, isn't it interesting, with all the anti-Semitism that's going on in the world today, the hope of the tribulation lies in the 144,000 and the two witnesses. Now here's the two witnesses. This is Revelation 11. Now we're coming to the middle of the uh, tribulation because the two witnesses are killed by the Antichrist uh, in the middle of the tribulation. This is Revelation 11. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days. That's three and a half years. Clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have the power to shut up heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. They have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast, that's the Antichrist, that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them 
overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, and tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put in the graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming. And so the two witnesses, now let me tell you why I believe that this is Enoch and Elijah. Okay, so these are two men in the Old Testament that didn't die. Now some people believe that this is Moses and Elijah because this sounds like the miracles of Moses, but Moses died. Okay. So I believe it's Hebrews 9 says it's appointed to all men once to die, and then comes the judgment. If it is Moses, then he's going to be resurrected and come here, and he's going to be killed again. That would be unusual. But Enoch didn't die. He was taken. He was no more because God took him. Uh, Elijah went up in a chariot of fire. And Enoch is very much an end times figure. He is quoted in the book of Jude concerning the return of Jesus Christ. The book of Enoch is addressed to end times Jews. And so Enoch is a very powerful figure uh, in the end times. So I believe this is Enoch and Elijah. And these two men, I'm going to tell you seven uh, facts about the two witnesses. First is their ministry lasts for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Okay, So we know now, according to Daniel and according to Matthew uh, 24, Jesus, and also 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the abomination of desolation is going to occur. Daniel tells us it's in the middle of the tribulation. This tells us again it's in the middle of the tribulation. So they begin when the rapture happens and the Antichrist signs or confirms the covenant with Israel. That starts the clock on their ministry in the first three and a half years they're ministering. The second is they prophesy judgment on unbelievers and preach the gospel. This is one of the reasons that they're hated so much is no one can stop them. Uh, verse 3 says, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy. And by prophesying, it means they're foretelling to the world that's listening to them what's about to happen to them. They're not going to like what they're going to be hearing. They're going to torment the people of the earth. Some people may respond to their message, but they're going to be hated. We know that what's going to happen in just a minute. Number three is they are untouchable and deadly. They're untouchable and deadly and punish those on the earth that oppose them. This is verses 5 and 6. If anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemy. If anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. They have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. These, these two guys are unbelievable. There will never be in the history of the world two men as powerful as these men. Now, Jesus was as powerful, but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't cause plagues to happen all over the world. Jesus didn't call fire down from heaven and devour his enemies and stop rain all over the earth. These two men literally will be in control of the earth for three and a half years. Now, the Antichrist is gaining power. The Antichrist is rising in influence during the first three and a half years. But even the Antichrist can't touch these two men for three and a half years. 
It's not until the middle of the tribulation that the Antichrist kills them, stops the sacrifices, imposes now his financial laws that no one can buy or sell. This is in the middle of the tribulation. It lasts then for another three and a half years. Uh, number four, they're killed by the Antichrist. Verse seven, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Then their bodies will be laid in the streets of Jerusalem in open display for three and a half days. This verse is 8-9. Their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their bodies to be put in the graves. Now, this is interesting. It says those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies. Did you know that we're really the first generation that has the technology that the entire world can see the same thing at the same time? Because of satellite technology, internet technology, billions and billions of people all over the world have smartphones that they can sit there in a pasture in Ethiopia, in China, all over the world, and sit there and watch the news live as it's happening. These two men, this is number six, they will be the most hated men in the world. These men, I think they'll be the most hated men in the history of the world. Verse 10, those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. And so the question is, I mean, you, you know you're hated when people send gifts to each other the day you die. I mean, these two guys are absolutely hated. They, they have tormented the earth. No, no telling how many people they've killed and how many people they've judged because they came against the two witnesses. Why are they so hated? They preach the gospel with supernatural signs and wonders. The, the people, hate, the, the world generally hates the gospel. I mean, they, they crucify Jesus over it. And so they hate the gospel. You can't stop them. You can't shut them up. They're sitting there telling the entire world constantly about Jesus and the preeminence of Jesus and the truth of the word of God. And if someone comes against them, they judge them. The second reason they're so hated is they prophesy judgment on the world and unbelievers. They're telling the world, this is what's about to happen to you. If you don't repent, this Jesus Christ is coming and he's going to do this and he's going to do this and he's going to do this. They're hated. They torment the unbelievers of the earth with judgments. Of course, constantly, you know, the, the, they inflict damage. Only God knows what kind of damage the two witnesses will inflict upon the world, but they're going to be hated for it. But here's the big one. They protect the Jews as they rebuild their temple and sacrifice animals. Okay, This is Daniel 9.27. He, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many, that's Israel, for one week, that's seven years. But in the middle of the seven years, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Let me say this. So I have taught for many years that, that I believe that there would be a covenant, an agreement between the Antichrist and Israel that would allow Israel to rebuild their temple. Okay, I, I still kind of believe that, but, but I'm going to give a little caveat to that. It doesn't matter what kind of agreement that Israel makes with the Antichrist. The two witnesses will protect the builders of the temple. No, Once the two witnesses are on the temple mount, the, and the Jews are ready to rebuild right now. Now, next week I'm going to be talking about the temple, the rebuilding of the temple, the red heifer, all those kinds of things. That's also Revelation 11. And so the, the Jews, there is a temple party in the Knesset right now in Israel. 
the Temple Mount Faithful, the, the Temple Institute. They're, they're all ready to rebuild their training priests as we speak. They have the priestly garments. They have the cornerstone of the temple. They, they have the menorah. They have everything ready uh, for the temple, almost everything ready for the temple to be rebuilt. It will take them very little time to build it once they get the go-ahead. But understand there's going to be a rebuilt, rebuilt temple, and not only will the, the two witnesses protect the builders of the temple, for example, I'll talk about this more next week. The Dome of the Rock is basically in the way of a rebuilt temple on the Temple Mount. They'll tear it down. With, with the two witnesses up there, they can do anything they want to do. They're untouchable. But no one in the world, including the Antichrist, can stop them. And so, but think about this just a minute. Think about when they start sacrificing animals. Okay? They have asked, by the way, the last several years, the Jews, of the Sanhedrin in Israel has uh, formally asked the government of Israel for the permission to sacrifice a lamb on the Temple Mount during Passover. But if you read your Bible in the Old Testament, uh, the temple sacrifice included the constant slaughtering of animals. Not just one or two, hundreds and hundreds of animals were sacrificed ritually for the purification of the sins of the Jewish people. This will happen again. Can you imagine what Peter what Peter will do? what animal rights groups will do. Can you imagine what's going to happen to the politically correct climate in the world today when they're sitting there watching images of the Jewish priest up on the Temple Mount slaughtering animals? They will go berserk. But the two witnesses are the reason that it can't be changed until the Antichrist stops the sacrifices. He stops the sacrifices, then he goes into a rebuilt temple, proclaims himself God, I'll talk about that more next week. I'm just telling you now, these are two of the most remarkable men in the Bible, and the 144,000 witnesses and the the two witnesses, 144,000 Jews and the two witnesses, these men will absolutely dramatically control the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Here's the seventh truth about the two witnesses. God will resurrect their bodies and rapture them to heaven in the side of the world. They're actually raptured. Verse 11, now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. So there are actually three, three raptures uh, is a part of the tribulation. One at the beginning of the tribulation for the church, one in the middle for the two witnesses, one at the end for the, those who got saved during the tribulation. But the two witnesses are brought back to life and raptured in the in view of the world. And so th- this is an astounding event. Then comes the earthquakes and all the other things happening. And I'm saying these things to, to say this, because after the break here, during the subscriber portion, I'm going to be talking about the anti-Semitism right now that is rampant in our government, in our federal government. And so the warnings that are coming right now about the Biden administration and about different people in Congress now that are coming against the Jews. Lindsey Graham is very pro-Israel and he's warning now about war, but I'm saying God is not finished with Israel. Israel is very, very important right now and also in the future. During the tribulation, the Jews are going to be very present and very powerful as a part of that period of time. If you're not a subscriber, I'm gonna say goodbye to you. Endtimes.com, you can go on there and subscribe $7 a month. $77 a year. We would love to have you as a subscriber. Uh, The first month is free. If you sign up for a monthly membership, 
uh, monthly subscription. The first month is free, so you can try us out. Love to have you as a subscriber, but if you're not a subscriber, I'll say goodbye to you. If you are a subscriber, stay tuned. I'll be right back.